Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And on this episode I hope you are all feeling romantic because we are going to look at the folklore, at the history and the traditions surrounding the patron saint of love in Wales and the wonderful island that she made her home. Now, I know what some of you are probably thinking already. You're thinking the patron saint of love. Surely you mean Saint Valentine. Surely you mean Saint Valentine, the Roman patron saint of love, who is celebrated on February the 14th throughout the, certainly the English-speaking world at least. And as I've just discovered via the magic of Wikipedia, which, as we know, is never wrong. You can always rely on Wikipedia 100%. But apparently, St. Valentine's Day, the tradition, spread through the English-speaking Christian countries, as you would imagine. But, and they say in a similar way to Halloween and Christmas, it has been adopted by a lot of other countries. And would you believe it, the most money is spent on Valentine's in East Asian countries, in Singapore, in China, and in South Korea, which I, I would not have guessed myself, but there you go, you learn something new every day. But... Anyway, this isn't about St. Valentine's. This is about a saint who spoke in the Welsh language. And her name was not Valentine or Cupid or anything else similar. Her name was Dwynwen. D-W-Y-N-E-N. Dwynwen. And her full name in Welsh, rather than saint, is Santes. That's the feminine for saint in Welsh. Sant is a male saint, Santes is a female saint, and her full name is Santes Doinwen. And we celebrate Deed Santes Doinwen, Saint Doinwen's Day, on January the 25th. And if you don't celebrate this already, I'm going to let you into a little, a little trick here, which I probably shouldn't put on record in a podcast, but... If you want to really treat your significant other and save a couple of pounds at the same time, why not surprise them this January the 25th with some Deed Santes Doinwen treats? Because unlike February the 14th, where the prices are doubled on a bunch of red roses and you can't book a table anywhere because everything is fully booked, January the 25th, Deed Santes Doinwen is still considered, maybe it won't be after this podcast goes out, but it's still considered for the time being at least. Just a regular day for so many people. So why not save yourself some money, be extra romantic, celebrate the Welsh way, never mind Valentine's, celebrate Deed Santes Doinwen. Now, the story of Doinwen and the island which is now named after her is a wonderful mix of old folklore and folk tales with some historical fact. I mean, there's no denying this, this wonderful beauty spot off the coast of Anglesey is there right now. You can go and visit. And I strongly recommend you do as well. 
But the life story of Doinwen herself, well, this is a story which has been embellished over the years. It's one which there are many variations of, and a lot of the elements of this story are consistent. Some of them do change. There's one quite major change in, in some versions of this story, which we'll come to. So what I'd like to do with this episode is, to begin with, we look at the traditional story of Doinwen, and then we will look at more of the, 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 the concrete facts surrounding the island she called home. So, to begin at the beginning, as Dylan Thomas would say, to begin at the beginning, Doinwen was a 5th century saint, and her life was far from easy. If you believe the story, she turned her back on love for herself in order to bring it to others, hence why she became a saint. Now, while there are variations on who exactly she was and where she came from, the most widely believed version is that she was the daughter of King Brachan Brachainiog, a king who had a fantastic amount of children and a fantastic amount of, of mothers to those children as well. But her, her mother is assumed to be the, the, the queen consort at the time. Now, Doinwen fell in love with a Welsh prince called Mylon Defodrell, who, who may or may not have been a prince, but just go with it. Let's, let's assume he is a Welsh prince for the sake of this story. And Mylon was a man she could never be with because her father refused the union. For purely selfish reasons, he had already arranged for Doinwen to marry someone which would increase his power. He did not want her just going off and marrying this Mylon. And when she broke the news to Mylon, he did not take it well at all. Now, this, this is where the story gets very controversial in some tellings, where it gets very, very dark. It's dark in all tellings, but the, the severity of the darkness. Now, he takes it badly. And in the version which is most repeated and this could be purely because the, the other version makes it quite difficult to, to, to tell, certainly to children. He verbally abuses her. He, he is very unhappy, and in, in no uncertain terms, he makes this known through, through calling her whatever he does, whatever he says. He reduces her to tears. She is distraught, and she is not happy. Now, in the other versions, Mylon does physically attack Doinwen. And this, of course, makes an already terrible, terrible scene that much worse. But whether it is from verbally attacking or physically attacking or a combination of both, Mylon leaves Doinwen in tears. She is distraught and she turns to the only person left she can think of who can help her. And that is God. She runs off into the forest. She seeks solace. She wants to get away from the world, to get away from people. And when there, she prays and she prays and she prays. And would you believe it? Her prayers appear to be answered. An angel appears to join one with a potion. And she is told that this potion will help her erase all all memories of Mylon from her head. She prayed and prayed and prayed for an end 
to this heartache. And there was an angel offering her just that. All she had to do was to drink this potion. And like that, he would be gone. But there was more. It went one step further. It didn't just erase him from her mind. He, in turn, was frozen into a block of ice. His punishment for treating such a kind soul so badly was to be frozen into a block of ice. But now, Doinwen had a clear mind now. She could think properly. And despite everything that had happened, she wanted to make things right. And she turned back to God and she prayed for three wishes. Now, you might think this is getting a bit greedy. I mean, a lot of people don't get any wishes granted. She's already had a major wish granted. And now she's looking back up and saying, can, can I have some more, please? Uh, like, like, like Oliver. But no, she's asking for three more wishes. And possibly because God knows the truth. He knows what's inside her heart. He knows of her selfless nature. He agrees. He says, okay. Or rather, the angels come back. And she is granted her three wishes. And her first wish is to thaw Mylon from his icy prison, despite what he has done. And now, with all that pain erased from her mind, she does not want somebody else suffering and not given the chance to redeem themselves. And so she uses one of her three wishes to thaw him from his icy prison and hopefully he does indeed turn over a new leaf. Her second wish is also selfless. She asks God to take care of all true lovers. And failing that, if two people are destined to part, if they're destined to not be together, as she was with Mylon, than to take care of them during that process, to make sure nobody suffered as badly as she did. And her third wish, again, an unselfish request, but you could say in a way it was for her, for Dunwen, because she asked that she should remain unmarried for the rest of her life. And if God ensured that, she would be able to do nothing but to devote her entire life to God's service Every minute, every waking minute of every day, she would dedicate to God. And to do that, she took the nun's habit and set off to establish a remote haven by building a church somewhere in Wales. And she did just that. And we can visit that site nowadays. And her first church, her original church, is thought to have been built around the year 460 amongst the waves off the coast of Anglesey with this incredible view which takes in Snowdonia National Park on land and looking out to Caernarvon Bay. This was to be the place where Doinwen established her church. Now, it is now called Anis Llandoin or Llandoin Island in English. And while it remains uninhabited... It's easy enough to visit, uh, you know, as long as you check the tides first and things, of course, you know, be, be, be careful. And by doing so, you will be walking in the footsteps of countless, countless pilgrims 
who have made the same journey for centuries and still continue to do so now. If not entirely for pious reasons, now maybe it's just to have a look at the, the wonderful view or to treat your other half on Deeth Santes Doinwe. Now, when you get to the island, you will find the remains of a church. Now, sadly, not the original church, which is believed to date from 460, but a 16th century church, which is thought to have been built on the site of the original church. So in theory, you can still go to where Doinwen is said to have established her church. And more striking than that, there are two gigantic crosses which really stand out on the skyline here. If you go there when the sun is setting and look for these crosses on this this quite barren island, it's it's quite a striking photo opportunity, really. If, if you're one of those people who likes go in places just to take selfies to show off on on social media it's it's the ideal place for that it, it it's a wonderful wonderful spot but these two crosses do have a significance to them they're not just random crosses which were put there in fact they were put there not that long ago considering the history of the island it was in the early 20th century by a man called F.G. Wynne, who was the owner at the time. Now, the more decorative one, the Celtic cross, the the, the kind of cross I'm sure you're familiar with, but again, these images are all on search engines if you'd like to have a look at them. But the more decorative cross, which has inscriptions on it, has the English language on one side and Welsh on the other. While the second cross is very plain in comparison. It's just a, a straightforward cross, One line going up and a shorter line going across. Across, as we are all familiar with seeing in churches and so on. But it's very deceptive, the meaning, because while the Celtic one might look fancier, it is the other cross which symbolises the purity of Doinwen. That one symbolises Doinwen's true meaning i guess and so it's it's a nice it's a nice balance between the two and while i've dwelt on people already being in love and visiting the island as a couple so far of course doinwen was there for everyone and if you had no love if you were looking for love if you'd been unsuccessful up until now and you went there to ask for doinwen's help maybe the simpler cross might be a good place to head to as well And on the other hand, let's say you do already have someone, but you're not entirely sure if they are the right person for you. Well, the remains of Doinwen's well, which can also be found on the island, are said to be a good way of testing out their truthfulness. And to do that, you observed the movements of, in inverted commas, sacred eels that were supposed to be in that well. Whether you'll find sacred eels there nowadays i don't know i get why i guess you'll just have to to go and find out won't you maybe maybe doinwen makes these sacred eels appear to those who need them and finally there are the the lighthouses on the island as well which to the best of my knowledge have no real folklore attached to them other than they just look a bit lovely all of which i think is a fantastic excuse to go for a pilgrimage off the anglesey coast this January. Turn your back on St. Valentine's Day. Save the money. Save the hundreds of pounds you would have spent on a bunch of roses and use it to go and visit Anis Llandoyne instead. Now, 
as I mentioned at the start, there are a lot of variations of the main story out there. There's a bit more to talk about the island as well. So maybe we will return to Santos Doinwen one. Well, not maybe. I'm almost certain we will return to Santos Doinwen very soon on this podcast. If not, maybe this time next year. Maybe we'll make it an annual pilgrimage, a a podcast pilgrimage, if such a thing exists. If not, I've just invented it. Maybe we'll make it an annual pilgrimage every January to look a bit more, a little bit deeper into the real secrets surrounding Santos Doinwen. And if you have anything to add to that yourself, I would love to hear from you. So please get in touch. Who knows? I might be able to use it on the next pilgrimage episode. And it's always great to hear from people. If you want to talk about Deeth Santos Doinwen or just say Hello, I'm quite easy to track down online. There's my website and I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Just do a search for Mark Reese. And if you put the word ghosts or folklore or whales in or something, I will pop up on top. And as usual, if you don't want to miss the next Santos Doinwen episode, whenever that might be, please consider hitting the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode ever. And on that note, it just leaves me to say that I hope you all have a fantastic Deeve Santos Doinwen, Santos Doinwen Day. Even if you've never heard of it before, this is going to be the first time. I hope it'll become an annual tradition for you now. Deeve Santos Doinwen every January the 25th. Although I should put a little disclaimer in there, a little asterisk to say that yes, Every January the 25th in the northern half of Wales. But traditionally, they would do things slightly differently in the south back in the good old days. And Welsh folklore tells us that. And to quote, In South Wales on the shores of the Severn Sea, the festival of Doinwen was held in April. Because it is asserted she last visited the earth then and left in her footprints the blossoms of spring. Now, there is a lot to take in there in the last 30-odd seconds of this podcast, but I think that harks back to some other fascinating folklore from some other cultures. But that, as they say, is a story for another day, and I'll just leave it there to tease you for now. Until next time... I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast. It's the best. It's the beautiful. It is the only Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. Thank you for listening. Dioch and Varian am grando. And until next week, at the same bat time on the same bat channel... Be sure to spread the love far and wide, just like Santis Doinwen would do. No star.